On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. There's a lot of news in the world today. News that might surprise you, startle you, upset, or maybe impress. News that's not always for the faint of heart. That's why the man who failed his way to success, Heath Oaks, is stepping up. Tackling today's headlines with ignorance on fire in a way only a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with your host, Heath Oaks. For those of you that have read my book, Ignorance on Fire, um, and you get a special treat today because the man, the myth, and the legend, Scott, that I talk about in the book is here with us. What's up, Scott? Not much. Great to see you. He actually is a real person. The Scott is not a made-up name in the book. It's a real-life <laughs> deal. We got Zach here. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Yeah, we're in the control room, oddly enough. That's yeah, strange. Zach decided that move out of, you know, leave us peasants out here and he gets to go in behind the nice little glass wall and like he wants to separate himself from so now he's a big wig we got this big fancy studio and and zach's just big wigging us now i want you to know uh matt is having lunch and for the next episode if we get him around i i want to sit in there i do yeah because I, that's exactly how i feel i feel like i'm in here how like dare I'm matt have lunch not, how da- yeah exactly how during this show who during, has lunch during second shot lunch is bs <laughs> Lazy, lazy, lazy. Yeah, Ooh. we scuffed it. We scuffed it down on the way. Like we got, we came in early and grabbed us a, a lunch real fast. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you, Scott. It's been you know a long time. We go, Scott and I go way, way, way back. And uh, um, Scott is in Kansas City, runs an agency up there, and been you know we both. He was he was in the insurance game for probably a decade before we met, but it was about the same time I was 19, 20 when we met. Driving a big old Chevy truck with. There's a Ford. Ford truck. Big black one. Rolling smoke, baby. Rolling into three forks. Yes, I'm really <laughs> rolling into three was. forks. Absolutely. I, I was one like, of the first nights we met. Yeah. yeah. They're Bentleys, Mercedes, and oh, then yeah. you got this big black jacked up F two fifty. I think I was driving a Plymouth Horizon <laughs> or something like that myself. Probably a Ford Taurus. <laughs> I mean pretty Ford Taurus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a Ford Taurus. It's a good car. Hey, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's funny. I'm glad to have you. This will be fun. And in third segment, we'll get into a little bit more so you can tell everybody a little bit more about you. But um, we're going to banter just like we do any other conversations we've had for a long time. Hang on. going to be fun what, ride. This first one is going to be pretty hilarious, I must say. I, I about died laughing whenever I... I just glimpsed it and saw it. So, Zach, why don't you take it off with us? Yes. Uh, the headline is, Tennessee Grandma Brings Doritos Bag Full of Drugs to Prison. Tennessee Grandmother was arrested after she brought a Doritos bag full of drugs to prison, <laughs> but told police her grandson had tricked her into bringing <laughs> the banned item. She was visiting her grandson, uh, Cody, an inmate at Shelby <laughs> County Division of Corrections. When she slipped him a bag of Doritos, an officer went over, asked the duo what was going on, had her hand the bag over, and sure enough, found a bunch of... Uh, bunch of bad stuff in there yeah so uh what do you think about this <laughs> there's here? so many bad things well number one doesn't it seem like that story is perfect fit for a tennessee like if like if that happens <laughs> don't you think that's tennessee right so why's it got to be tennessee i don't know just something about it goes you know what of course it would be tennessee right you know i, I grew up in arkansas so uh, that's <laughs> worse <laughs> and i can say that because i'm from east texas so it goes the same way right <laughs> the other thing is is 
the grandson screwing his grandma. Really? That's dirty, right? Oh yeah. And then and, and to be clear, there's there was a lot of stuff in here. He had five different kinds of, of drugs in there. Multiple grams of each one. I don't know if I should be specific and read it. <laughs> really the question I, I gotta ask first off, I guess she wasn't very familiar with Doritos. It, you know, they're not particularly <laughs> they're they're particularly airy chip. They're not yeah. very chunky. So when you're holding the bag of Doritos, you gotta wonder, right? Hey, with all the new flavors, it's just the flavor of yeah, the month. Yeah. Yeah, there is always a new flavor, isn't there? Yeah. Um you know when I read this I thought about it that, that old thing of, of don't judge a book by its cover. You know? You never know you never know what you got in. You know what? In our world, it's big time because a lot of these people say they only recruit, you know, quote unquote, quality people, for instance. Um, quality, it, it may not always look on the surface as quality. It's the inner quality you got to find. And, and you can't ever judge something that you really don't know. And it's hard to do. Would you agree? I mean, that's very difficult to do to get past the biases of the initial look or thought or preference or something you know i mean that's crazy well, we're taught as little kids to judge the judge the book by its cover yeah and when we get into sales you got to go to college you see, we're given resume after resume and hey you're taught to look for this look for that look for that none of it talks about looking for heart yeah none of it looks about what am i willing to do to be better than i am today yeah and absolutely well and i think in today's society in general you know i mean we've all you know there's always been judging of people of all kinds of things and, you know, what I found out whenever I got out of kind of the little bubble that I grew up in, you know, which is a great bubble, but it was just a small bubble. There's not much else was that it's not about the outside of anything, whether it's color, whether it's religion, whether it's race, whether it's all of those things. It's all about somebody's inner, you know, and it doesn't matter if they come from any of those. You can't judge just by the look, you know, it, it, how many people you can go look at that Doritos bag of old grandma comes walking in there. Right, right, right. right. But how many times do we walk by somebody and not have a conversation just because we're afraid of what they're wearing or what they're, what yep. they're looking like? Because they're different. Or, they're different. They're different than us. Afraid to get outside my own little box. Yep. And you, it could shock you once you get to – I mean, we talk about it whenever we started together. I was 20 years old, 19 or 20, and I may have looked 12. I mean, let's, let's be real. <laughs> 12. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had had diapers that I was about to put on you yeah, after dinner yeah. for my little baby that was in the car. Yeah. It's like no joke. I mean, I literally looked like a kid. Um, and, I mean, I was a kid, mm-hmm. and, and I looked even younger. Um, and, and a lot of people would have judged that. A lot of people judge my accent as, as being, you know, not a very intelligent person, which I'm not. But they, you judge those things and think you can take these biases of people in general when you can't do that. But how do you get out of your comfort zone with that? How do you get yourself, if you're somebody who catches yourself judging something, how do you kind of work yourself out of that? It's got to be purposeful. It's got to yeah. be purposeful action. You've got what to do you mean by that? You've got to literally go into a day saying, I'm not going to read the, read, read the book by its cover, per se. Yeah. But uh, you've got to be purposeful that, you know what, I'm going to initiate a conversation with this person at the coffee shop next to me, even though they look a little bit different. Yeah. And they may have been there month after month after month, Yeah, and you're afraid to say something to them, or they look a little bit different. I think you've got to, to make it a purposeful action so that you can then see the benefit behind it, and all of a sudden it opens up conversations that you... And don't you think that in like our type of walk that we walk, we, we, we come in contact with so many different types of people so often, that that's what's helped us be more of a open like because i know i know you as well i'm an open book myself i mean i literally have written a book almost about all of it okay uh but second is that i 
I don't, you know, there are people I like and don't like, yes, but it's after I get to know them to see if I like them or don't like them. They give me a reason after it or, or not. And I think that if we would take more time to, um, just because maybe maybe you're a Democrat, maybe somebody's a Republican, just because they're Republican and you're a Democrat saying, oh, I don't like them, why don't you get to know them? You probably have a lot more in common than you think, besides this one little title of thing you 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 know, have a stigma with that you stand with, y'all probably both like a lot of the same things, you know? Yeah, no, right. But even think of on the business setting, think of the lives that have, we've been blessed to work with. Yep. Or uh, half of those people wouldn't be in the insurance industry because other people wouldn't give them an opportunity. Never gave them the shot. And How many people would have hired Nick Whitaker? Nobody. Jeff Belfort. Yeah, all of them. The <laughs> Seeing his office today going back 10 years after we first met. Uh, where he, he is, where he is, and success, and the lives he's changing. Yep. It's the fact that your selfishness prevents you from having a conversation that can change his life. But the number of lives he's changed—he's yep. got 15 people's lives in there, making a living. Who are helping other people? It's a cascade effect. That unless you take that that opportunity to say, "How are you?" One of the fastest off to a start salespeople that that we had was Nick Whitaker. Came into an interview, and he was about 19. Um, with some tore up, he was actually he actually had some khakis on, but they were worn out pretty holy. Nirvana T-shirt tucked in with his spiked up hair. The kid couldn't spell insurance. Uh, most people would have kicked him out and said, "What are you? How dare you come in here like this?" Right? right? Um, well, we hired him, and he was rock star beyond rock stars. Went with me to Florida as a trainer with me and killed it there. I mean, he and now he's selling Jesus to everybody. He's a minister for East West, doing big things, selling God everywhere. Um, most people would have turned him away because of just his original look right absolutely which is a sad thing so i'm gonna i want to challenge everybody out there stop judging people by maybe this one belief they got or don't have the you you can find common ground with people if you start if you open up your heart with love and if you open it up with a book of i want to get to know people versus just because they're democrat i hate them or just because they're um, a woman or black or white or asian or whatever get to know them first and then you can hate them afterwards if you don't like them, but get to know them. <laughs> Judge them by the back cover versus Judge the front. Judge them by the back cover, not the front. And you know what? It, Grandma, you better check her when she comes into jail next time. <laughs> grandma was loading around a lot of pot. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of pot, coke, meth. Oh, all yeah. Stuff. yeah. I mean, yeah. Grandma wasn't playing. She didn't just have a couple of grams of pot. This woman had meth and some, I mean, this, she look, if she done it, she did it big, right? We're going to be right back in a minute for the second segment of Second Shot. He's a suit-and-tie kind of guy with deep southern roots. Keith Oaks hosts more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. To all my friends in the great state of Texas, if you have not taken advantage, I have a way to save you a ton of money. I have saved over about $3,000 in the last year, and I have no hassle. Go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code SECONDSHOT. Now listen, promo code SECONDSHOT, and you're going to get a free month just for signing up and saving a ton of money. So don't be crazy. Stop sitting around talking about is this the real deal, and go do it right now. Energyogre.com, promo code SECONDSHOT in a free month. Thanks. Go get it now. Run. Ready? Aim. Fire. Second Shot is back for another round on RNCN. 
Yeah, right as uh, we got to come back at it, um, my phone like decides to take off ringing. When I had it on silent, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> oh, I, I no idea how that no, happened. No, it's not my fault. Hey. I'm not taking responsibility. <laughs> Somebody else touched my phone, not me. Taking responsibility is tough these days, man. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. Just blame Scott. Yeah, blame it all on Scott, and it'll all work out just there you go. fine. Just put my name on the trophy. Uh, <laughs> put my name on the trophy. Yeah, you would you'd talk about it. you got to get a trophy, don't you? You're, you're the dad. Everybody got to get a trophy. Oh, it's it's you know, there's some dads out there like that. You know, I got I got a ten year old playing ball. Yeah. No, I want my kid to feel the pain of losing. Yeah. Which she won't, because she's going to be a rock star and never lose. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Joking, <laughs> haha, funny. <laughs> Calm down, everybody. Hey, don't change that mentality. Don't Calm change down. That With mentality. the lowest lows come the highest highs, yeah. right? That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Now this this next one, I, I I think I just got pure joy in my heart when I saw this video. I literally think it was just such a joyous awesome moment for me because I, I just loved it i thought it was the best thing in the entire world well you must have relived a lot of your childhood now mine were beatings <laughs> <laughs> i know your dad yeah, 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 exactly yeah i wish my dad would have made me run <laughs> hey that reminds me i want to ask you about this you said beatings when i was a kid i got, I got a belt you yeah. Switch, oh, yeah I did too. paddle what'd you get belt belt yeah i was a belt kid yeah, yeah that was, that was me didn't yeah, take was, many of those yeah i was so sharp oh it took a lot for me <laughs> Uh, no, we got a paddle ball every every birthday, every Christmas. That paddle, ball, that ball was ball, gone before ball, too long. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it turned right into a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason we're talking about all this because this next headline relays perfectly with it. All right. Yeah, the headline is, Dad under fire after forcing his bully son to run to school in the rain. As a parent, it's your priority to ensure that your child is raised right. In order to do so, you can't be shy when it comes to punishing bad behavior. Of course, no parent wants to be stripped of the child, but sometimes it's necessary for the greater good when his son was kicked kicked off the school bed school bus this dad there it is knew he needed to educate him on how to behave correctly so in order to uh, better educate his son who he found out was a bully this dad had his son run to school before and after rain. yeah pouring down rain in florida uh to teach him a lesson and he filmed it and put it on facebook and it, it picked up some steam a lot of people were talking about it and um it, it, we wouldn't be doing our jobs on Second Shot if we didn't cover this story. I agree. So, I yeah. agree. This is one you has to be. And it, the headline was Dad Under Fire. Be, some people were actually mad about this. It's unbelievable. Is I'm, that not shocking? I'm standing up on a chair, applauding anything I can. <laughs> Look. Because he had the guts to do what's right. It was only like a mile and a half, too. And number, and number two... It was. It's it, track season too. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, exactly. Well, that kid's gonna be good. That kid's gonna be good for it said and done. Um, and the other thing is, it, it wasn't one time. The dad said the son had gotten in trouble with it all, and he goes, "I'm, I'm putting a stop to this." Um, and you know what? Now that son come walking in drenched in rain and stuff every day, and sweating with it, I'm like, look, this is actually a healthy option. This is much better than getting beat. I mean, my dad got belt after me. You know, now that's what I needed. I know I did. I, I deserved every whooping I got, and I'm not scarred for it at all okay um i think i'm actually more of a uh, i'm i'm a halfway decent human being because of that oh absolutely and, absolutely and this kid will be the same yes okay? sometimes as a parent you got to shock your you shock your kiddos yep. to get them to listen for a second get off the ipads get off the the, the playstations to take a look and say hey there's something wrong with this hey and what's wrong with this he's getting exercise this used to be the most like i can't like i was thinking when i saw this for the first time i was like oh perfect there can't be a single person be mad about this. 
It's about a mile and a half from oh, school, right? Well, and it's exercise. You haven't gone to the carpool line yet. No, I haven't. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you I get to the carpool line. There's gonna be f- people finding crazy things to get upset about, and one of these, it, it, unbelievable. This is because I thought this was. I mean, and, and the way that Dad talked on the camera, everything. We're gonna have the a link to the video in our show notes in case you haven't seen it. But you know, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a great tactic. I thought it was. Um, and you see the son running with his backpack over his head, like like trying to shield himself from the rain. And I was laughing the whole time. <laughs> it's a mile and a half. It's not yeah, going to make a exactly. difference. Not, yeah, you're, getting, not, you're getting soaked. <laughs> yeah. And But I go, you know, because bullying's real. You know, bullying oh, is crazy. And, and, I got and, a middle, and, middle school daughter. It's real. Yeah. It's real. I and it's real it's serious. Next level there. Yeah. And it's real serious. And Especially what I loved about this bullying too. Yeah. What I loved about this story was it wasn't just made him run. They had a conversation. Yep. They talked about it. He understood what was wrong with the situation, and he learns from it. We hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing: if you don't take, if you got these these kids, it's your. If you got a kid that's being a bully, that's your job as a parent to do everything you can to get that in control. Because that's not, you know, th- this stuff of putting them, I mean, but look, I would say, you know, you, everybody's going to learn from everything. But I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a shocking wake-up for the kid. But I can't believe that there was anybody mad about it. I mean, you're going through with a middle school daughter. You've got the older kids than me. I mean, what are things you do with this as a parent with, with these type of situations? Have you had your kids that, that have they kind of changed the character on themselves? And how, how do you well, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to know. There's so many different avenues for them to be bullied yeah. or to be the bully. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of times... They may not even really understand that they're doing it at the same time. Yeah. Because we're doing the cool thing. We're on the Snapchats. We're on the Instagrams and whatnot. And yeah. All that's over my head. Yeah, yeah. They'll laugh about me just having a LinkedIn profile. Me and Robert Halbert are yeah, cool yeah. for a reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there, there's, there's so many avenues and ways for them to create stress amongst, amongst their peers. And a lot of times they don't know they're doing it. Yeah. And if, if we don't find out about it, it's going to grow. Tell, and then, but tell me this. This is what I think happens a lot. You've you, you got the experience in this. I don't. Um, is that parents think their kids are all way too perfect, and when they get told things, they ignore them. Oh, they absolutely. They think it's always somebody absolutely. else's fault. That, so, that's the biggest challenge. So what, you know what I like about what this dad did? Instead of being like, well, no, that's not my son. That's not anything. You know what? He looked into it and said, you know what? Absolutely. He is bullying, and he's taking it. And I think, you know what? His parents. And it's my fault. Yep. I've got to take responsibility yes. for it, and that is the biggest challenge. Yeah, because we see it all the time, and we, we've. They always I know think my their wife, kids perfect. Wife is more involved with it than I am, as she's picking the kids up from school and whatnot. She's trying to initiate conversations and be told, "Oh, that's not my son. That's not my daughter. Yeah. You got somebody else," and and that creates a challenge as yes. well. Because well, he, you don't want you playing with with, with Billy Bob. Yeah, you know. Uh, Look, I'm. I think you got to take it as always. Where there's smoke, there's fire. We have to, you as parents, and, and, and us as parents, I, mean, I guess I'm, I'm a parent now, I keep forgetting yeah, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> you know, us as parents have to take control of it and say, look, it, you know, it, is it always, somebody says something about our kid, always right? No, it's not always right, but you need to yeah, take but that. but we've got to take responsibility for it. As you, a parent, you're, if you're we first, know about it, we're the ones at fault in my opinion. You're correct. I, I agree. And, and your first reaction should be, i got to figure out, um, that's probably my kid has probably done something to that and i'm going to dig in to find out versus oh put your guard up your blocks up saying that's not my kid how dare you when you start you're not setting your kid up for success when you continue to let your kid skate by because they're perfect molly and perfect billy or whatever you're hurting them 
Right, right, right. And it goes to the, the, the kids getting a trophy for competing. Yeah. It, it goes to you overlook these things. Then, the, then it becomes an okay event in their yep. life. And it just starts to grow and grow and grow. So you've got, you've got to tackle it as a parent. And that's the biggest thing I see out there in, in suburbia today is parents afraid to take accountability for themselves and their children. Oh, well, they, they are, absolutely. I mean, because back, you know, I, I go back and I think about it. And uh, my dad, was, like I said, I went to a really small school, okay? And my dad was the school board president. And a new junior high principal came in. Junior high was my really hell years. Like, I was a hellion beyond a hellion in junior high. And um, the new junior high principal came in, and I'll never forget, I got, you know, in trouble. I did something stupid, and I had to go to the principal's office. So, and, and, and the principal in there just... Wait, so, something stupid? Yeah, I, I always do something stupid. And, and he goes, I hear him going to the other room, because, you know, my dad's school board president. He knows that. He's new on the job, right? Right. Um, and he, I hear him on the speakerphone, Stevie, I just want to call you that um, I got your son in here, um, and he did blah, 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 blah. Um, and um, th- coming up in a minute, Zach, you got to bleep this for my preacher. Um, <laughs> uh, my preacher listens, I found out, so we got to bleep cuss words now. Um, but he said, uh, um, I hear him go, Stevie, uh, your son did da da da, and, he's, and, and I'll hear my dad go, Why are you calling me? Whoop his ass <laughs> and send him back to class. Don't call me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And come in there, it's like he was he was scared that he was gonna have to walk on eggshells. My dad was like, No, no. Yeah, and how's no, no. it how's it changed you today? Oh, I'm, I I believe that I am I I believe that I am um, on the upper end of the scale of a good human. I, I don't you know I definitely have many flaws, but overall I'm, I I feel like I'm a. But even as a leader, yes. One thing that always strike me, yeah, you know, something I've learned from you is. You need to say what you need to say when you need to say it. Yep. And not be afraid how it's going to hurt somebody. Yep. And that's what this dad's doing. He's yep. saying, my son needs this. Yep. It makes a big impact not only on his life, but the lives of those he touches. Yep. And I've got to do something. And yep. for somebody to say that's wrong, they're crazy. Absolutely crazy. They're, they're the ones that are going to have the kids running around doing really bad stuff because they're never going to have to face up to any facts in life. And, and, and you know, truth of the matter is, people in life... That's reality. Yeah, it's, it's the old when you're pointing a finger at somebody, you got four pointing back at you. Yeah, and, and I, I think as parents, we got to take action and stop having a, a wall up. If somebody brings a criticism of our kids up, we need to look into it because I think there's not enough people looking into them, and this stuff is continuing to happen. So, but you know what? Clapping the hands, good job. I love you, Dad. You're awesome. That was legit, and and if you're pissed off about it, then you're probably not listening to this show actually because you wouldn't like us. <laughs> but We'll be back in a minute on this third segment, and we're going to get to know you a little bit better, Scott. Hang on. (laughs) Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Keith Oaks still to come. Ignorance on fire, a journey of failing your way to success. It is time for you to finally go get my book. You can get it in a hard copy. You can get it through reading it on your iPad or your Kindle. And you can also get it with this beautiful redneck voice of mine in audiobook style at audible.com or anything like that. So amazon.com, you can download the Kindle or paper and you can get it on the audiobook style. You've been hearing us talk about it forever and you've been trying to sit there and tell your friends, I'm going to get it one day. Today is the day. Go get it. And it will change your life. Get after it today. Ignorance on Fire, a journey of failing your way to success written by none other than myself. Thank you. Love you. And go pick it up today. Stop. Go. Now. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot on RNCM. Now, Scott, you know that 
that's me. That's my recording me playing the guitar. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> Pull my left leg and plays Jingle Bells. Man, I was hoping I could really trick you, like thinking maybe since we hadn't seen each other in a while that I've learned guitar and it would trick you and you would think it and believe me. You know, flying airplanes, playing yeah. guitars. I do fly airplanes. I'd rather that's listen to you play the guitar. Yeah, yeah but you want to get in the plane with me? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> oh, Scott, that's wrong. I'd fly with you, not. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get with Joe? Did you ever fly with a guy we know? A guy we know that got me into flying, Fernandez. Joe Fernandez no, was no, he, no. he was the one who got me into flying. I hadn't been on on many small planes, but first one of the first experiences was a little corporate jet. Mm-hmm. We're flying to meeting down in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, because that Scott's kind of a big deal. He flies around the corporate you jet know. and all. You know, just you know, nonchalantly throws that out there. Oh, you know the corporate jet. Exactly. Yeah, no big you know, thing. No, yeah. We've had some highs and lows, and this was this no was one deal. of the bigger highs. But we we, we you know. There, there are two corporate jets and two two sets of us leaving, and we're supposed to leave first. We did, and they said Min- minor challenge with the airplane, and so <laughs> the other always, one takes off. That's always really nice to hear. And they say, well, we're going to go ahead and do this, but we can't fly to Columbia because we got to get we got we got to be at a lower altitude. So we're going to fly real low into Chattanooga, get the plane fixed oh. after you've flown from Orlando to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and yeah, that was a fun ride. <laughs> Knowing you're on a plane that's got to get fixed going somewhere, that's, that's going to exactly. be interesting. Just a minor yeah. challenge. So, as guys, you know, you know, the third segment, we typically will take emails and all. And, again, it's secondshotcast at gmail.com. Uh, any ideas, tips, or, or just thoughts or, or headlines you see or anything like that, you know, feel free to send it to us, secondshotcast at gmail.com. But on this third segment, since Scott's uh, new to the show, we, I want Scott to kind of Tell a little bit of, you know, so you guys get to know who he is. Tell his story and, and, and where he's been and what he's went through and where he is now. And we'll kind of dig into some of that. So so anchor away, Scott. Wow, where do I start? <laughs> I'm going to end with the corporate jet and start yeah, with yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start with a walking uphill both ways. Yeah, yeah. with <laughs> no do, shoes with on your no feet. With no shoes. And, yeah. No, it's been a fun ride, you know. Yeah. Uh, how long have we known each other? About 10 years yep. now or so. Yep. And, you know, I... Really, a lot of my experience in learning how to how to work with people and, and systems and things. I'm a systems guy. I had the opportunity to work with Oklahoma State Athletics. Um, worked with football and basketball and baseball programs there. Went around but a lot. But you graduated of in, in Dallas, right? Yeah, I grew Plano, Plano senior yeah. high many moons ago. I think uh, when I graduated, you were probably literally still in diapers. Probably. And uh, so I'm the old man. It's nice being around you because everybody thinks I'm younger than I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now the gray hair is starting to show up. Not so much anymore. The yeah. gray hair makes you. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, fell in love, moved out to Arizona, and was working. You were at LSU, but you, you skip over that part. But you were, you were doing a lot with the baseball team, right? I did. I did. actually lived in the baseball stadium for, for a time, uh, worked with the baseball program there it was around a lot of great folks uh there's a lot of good people that went on from there playing big time yeah, ball yeah, tom holiday was the head coach at the time so yeah. matt holiday who was with yep. the cardinals forever is now with the yankees uh was was going through um high school at the time his his brother was an all-american for us head coach john farrell uh who's uh was with the red sox as their manager won a world series how long did you actually live in the stadium uh, a little over a year now zach can you tell me that's not pretty cool like it well zach doesn't care anything no about no, sports, no no no. would be pretty you, cool you said that earlier and all i could think was like well that must be like a, a turn of phrase you didn't actually live no, in, the in the stadium like no you actually a, lived there i had a had a had a little little room in there i had a dog at the time as well a dog in the stadium? had a dog in the stadium and uh and uh you know acted like i went to school but uh <laughs> having a lot of fun and uh got to see a lot of places and 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 learn from some incredible folks i mean we had all you know hall of fame coaches 
uh, at the program, and and they what was always amazing to me. <laughs> We were a top 10 program year after year, went to the World Series with them multiple times, but how systematic they all were. So you yeah. know me. He, I mean, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm known as a systems guy, yep. and, and, I, and I was always taught if you, if you have a system, you're going to have repeatable results. Yep. You throw dynamic talent into those systems, you're going to have exponential results, exponential growth. And, you know, went out there and uh, to Arizona following a, following now my wife of be 19 years here in, oh, wow. in July. Well, congrats. Yeah. yeah that she's, uh, she's put up with me for that long, you know. <laughs> but we've uh, only had one fight waiting for it to end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was good. We had a good run, honey. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. yeah, that was good. And uh, one day got a call out of the blue from a guy wanting me to get an insurance. Cole called out of a phone book. Yep. And uh, selling individual life insurance uh, door to door. Individual life door to door and thought, you know what, I want to better myself. What's the worst thing I can learn, right? Yeah. And uh, gave it a go and uh, had a little bit of success there. Moved back home to the Dallas area. Had a PNC agency, property and casualty, selling a lot of home and autos. And that, that industry uh, blessed me. Uh, we grew, but had some threat of discontents, and then you know we we kind of hooked up, as uh, had had a common manager and became friends, and then decided, hey, let's let's get together. And it was really as we got together, um, you know, the, the thunder and lightning yeah, yeah. took off, and we, and we made some things happen. But oh, yeah. after that, obviously, you went out to, to Florida, yep. moved me out to home office, and. Uh, was there about a year and a half and then uh got back to the field got back to the field <laughs> yeah. and uh, up in kansas city and you know You've been there now what six years Seven? six years yeah. a little over six years now yeah. yeah you know what's interesting though is what scott kind of skipped over was a really tough part because he had his agency his pnc agency that was one of the largest agencies in the region uh for that carrier and doing really well and um you know i think this story is what interesting that a lot of people need to to learn and realize is that um you know scott and 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 his wife, um, it y'all tried for a while, and you finally you had your first child, and uh, you told. Um, oh wait, yeah, what yeah, was yeah, the yeah. second? It was, it was our first. Yeah, we, it was the we, first. Okay, so yeah, it was the first, and 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 you told the manager, uh, well, the person that with that carrier, because you had you owned your own agency, but you know it's like a franchise. So, told him said, look, I'm basically going to take about a month off because I want to, you know, we. We were we weren't going to have kids. We we're having one, so I'm going right. to be there with my wife. Absolutely, absolutely. And what did he come in and tell you? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a business planner, right? Yeah. You know, we, we always have a, a, a write things down on paper when we're going, what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, measure the results, and and uh, you know, we spent goodness at that time six, seven years building a nice agency, making far more money than I ever thought I would. Yeah, and. Um, finally we're able to be blessed and yeah. we went through some challenges and it lost one along the mm-hmm. way as we were trying to get that done an emotional process yep. and we're blessed with with our daughter and uh went into that year saying i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do the nights and weekends for about six months i need to be there to change the diapers this may be the only opportunity you've we sacrificed in yourself to get to that point to make this kind of income to have it rolling so that you could do this absolutely because in that world if you're not spending four or five nights at a kitchen table in an evening, you're not going to be growing your agency. And, yeah. and at the same time, I was willing to sacrifice so I could do those things and be there at the house. And and, and uh, who knows if we have another opportunity. And we're about two months in. I was getting a, an, an audit on my security side of the business, just a routine deal. And manager came in, threw the numbers down on the, on the table and said, how do you sleep at night with the num- amount of money you're making right now? 
Which yeah. was really, yeah, like, would be shocking money to anybody else. It was good money. Yeah, totally. But kind of tell him, well, how to, can he sleep at night because of the money he's making? Right. And, and, the, and the end of it was I hadn't written as many life policies. Well, yeah, you were, you were taking care of your wife and yeah. kid. He didn't qualify for a trip, and it was my fault. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that changed the way, you know how it impacts yep. me today, is my goal is to help somebody reach their personal goals. That, yep. That's my whole responsibility is understand what they want, help them to get there. And when we do so, they're going to be happy, I'm going to be happy. Because that guy was looking out for his own interest really pissed you off enough and you said i'm out you sold your agency the other guy and then scott and i both at the same time went to work uh, uh, uh got contracts through this guy in the insurance world it's like a franchise almost thing and and uh you know screwed us both <laughs> pretty <laughs> oh, good there's still some scars today yeah, yeah. that's that's definitely in the book right and it was much more detrimental to somebody like scott because he had a wife and kid you know um me I, I didn't so losing everything and sleeping on friends couches wasn't you know it was just me. It didn't, yeah. hurt, didn't hurt as much. Yeah. It didn't hurt. But at the same time, we wouldn't be who we are today we, we had we not gone met. through that process. And we right. wouldn't have met. Absolutely. And Scott, Absolutely. And I came, Scott and I came together, like you said, as thunder and lightning, basically. And with Scott, I learned the systems and the processes because Scott will tell you I was a complete raw talent. I was a raw, unorganized, but I could, I could wing it. Yeah, well, and, and, and you need that. You need, yeah. And I needed more of that in my life. But I needed more structure. Right, right. And that's why I was so perfect because Scott taught me structure. Yeah. Scott taught me how I could do things to help repeat it myself versus not being able to. Yeah, take it from going accidental. Yeah. Into, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, purposeful actions, you yeah. know, as we went through. And then, uh, you know, so now we're – up in Kansas City area, we've got a couple of kiddos, uh, middle schooler, and and, and how uh, old is Tatum now? Tatum is twelve years old. Can you believe that? <laughs> That's shocking. That's crazy. Still got the picture of coming out to her i think it was her third or was fourth, third birthday. fourth birthday party yeah still got some, some of that makeup kit yeah that's yeah. fun and you know what's really cool too zach is that um when we had brighton yeah. um his daughter tatum made brighton a um a burp cloth in a blanket she oh, actually really? made it sold it and everything and i was telling i was telling scott I said she needs to make these because they were actually genius yeah. they were actually the ones we used because they were big enough and they stayed and and yeah. she actually had it shaped in a way that it went around your neck it was amazing i was like really i called scott and i said scott did tatum really make this or did, oh, yeah i run my know? own little sweatshop now on the <laughs> yeah, side I'm like, yeah, like is he running a sweatshop up here i go because this burp cloth is actually the one yeah, that we use the most because it stays around the neck like really? perfectly and none of the other ones do it was amazing yeah, she's she's she loves to do the sewing. She's making bags for everybody, so travel bags and everything. And and your kids are beautiful. His kids are just drop dead gorgeous. I mean, it, like it looked like a a magazine, um, a country living like magazine with his daughter yeah. and son's pictures behind his desk back in the day. Like it, yeah. literally. Got my wife's looks, my personality. Uh, they they got some big blue eyes. You <laughs> how, know? how old is, is Tatum? You said she's twelve, so she's uh, sixth grade this year. Man, no way. My parents would have let me around sewing needles when I was twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you poke somebody's eye out? Oh, probably my own. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, probably yeah. how that would have gone. Yeah, you yeah. Know, well, uh, we can bat that with baseball bats on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Work well, out that aggression. I, I'm just glad you got to come in and we got to see each other, hang out some for a little while, coming in visiting this family and stuff. And um, one of the good things is, is that uh, we're going to have you on the next episode as well, I believe. And uh, um, you know, and, and get to know you some. But it's crazy how the journey can go. You know, to and fro, we were talking about it the other day on the way to home office one time. I didn't have my hair done, and Scott looked at me and goes, oh, my God, you look like a five-year-old kid now. <laughs> Six months of not shaving, had a little peach fuzz. You can little almost see it on film. A little bit of peach fuzz, yeah. So that's why when I could actually grow a beard at 29, I actually grew it and kept it because I could never do it. So, right. Um, uh, I guess it would be like a Robert Halbert here, but where can they find you at on social media? 
LinkedIn? <laughs> Scott Wintry, W-I-N-T-O-R-Y. LinkedIn only because he's like Robert and they don't like to be social media at all. Um, glad to have you, buddy. I appreciate the fun. invite. Yeah, and, and look me up at Heath Oaks at Ignorance on Fire as always. Send us email, secondshotcast at gmail.com. Share it with your friends. Leave us a rating review. We need your help in that area. Um, secondshotcast at gmail.com. Love y'all. See y'all next time. Destination for premium talk radio.